0: Hello, everybody. And welcome back to another episode of rapid fire on this Monday, September sixth. I hope you all had a great Labor Day weekend. I hope you took your three day weekend off and you went to the pool, you had a nice barbecue. And it was a great time. I tried to relax a little bit. But I also try to keep up with the news. And um, I realized that football college football specifically season is back. And uh, a lot of the fans decided to take it upon themselves to use this beautiful time to give a big F you to Joe Biden. So we're going to be talking about that today on the show. On top of that, the crowds in the football stadiums were huge. And it was great to see America, you know what it looked like post COVID, it looks like America is finally getting back to normal. And people are just saying F you to COVID. And they're getting back to their normal lives. I absolutely love to see it. So we're going to be discussing college football, we're going to be talking about how there are hostages being held by the Taliban in Afghanistan and um, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden's response to that. On top of that, worldwide protests have erupted, of course, in regards to those COVID uh, ma- mandates and all of the vaccine mandates from Paris to New York. We're going to be covering a little bit of that. And then finally, we're going to be talking about the Rolling Stone having to issue a big retraction regarding the story that they wrote about horse Wormer. AKA Ivermectin. So we're going to be getting into all of that today. But first off, I just wanna play you guys a little bit of this clip from Virginia Tech this past weekend. So Enter Salmon is playing by Metallica. This is just a dope scene and it's an overhead shot of the stadium. The team is about to come out and the entire stadium is jumping along to the music. And I absolutely freaking love to see it. The energy just from this video is amazing. And I just love the energy of America. Again, it's football season, it's back in full swing. I really don't like football. I don't give a damn about football. But for the first time in my entire life, I'm actually excited about football season because I'm seeing scenes like this of thousands of Americans happily coming out and enjoying their lives mask free with their families, college football back in full swing. And again, to podcast listeners, it is just this view of just straight up orange. It kind of looks like the like the fish on Spongebob like the little anchovies on the very first episode when they all go in and they want to eat hamburgers. That's a weird analogy. But that's literally what it looks like. There's so many people. It's absolutely insane. Uh, here's another video of some of the crowds from this past weekend, a lot of great energy, a lot of people cheering happiness, no face masks. I absolutely love to see it is America finally getting back to normal. I would like to think so. And my favorite part about these types of or this imagery in these videos as well, is that it pissed the left off so, so much. They were so upset. They were like, Oh my gosh, the hospitals are going to be overrun. These people are so selfish, blah, blah, blah. Rex Chapman who's a huge liberal on Twitter, who loves to roast everyone who doesn't follow COVID, you know, protocols and orders. He was uh, one of the people that came down very hard on the amount of fans who were celebrating football this past weekend, even though he has gone to NBA games himself unmasked. But we all know that that's just the liberal left. They don't like to adhere to the same um, rules and protocols that they try to uh, throw on us. Now, another big thing that came out of college football this past weekend was um, college football fans chanting f joe biden at multiple games now i believe it was four or five different college games in total that um, these chants were heard and i just want to go ahead and play the video for you guys um so we can kind of understand the general consensus of how Americans feel about joe biden let's go ahead and just uh, listen to this real quick And again, this was not the only uh, college to chant this. We also have, um, let's see, Auburn. All right. So uh, we have the chance as well of F Joe Biden over there. And of course, we know that this comes after Joe Biden's Afghanistan response. It just comes after Joe Biden being in office for what? seven, seven months now. And again, this happened out of the Virginia Tech game as well. Let me just play this for you. And I'm just playing these videos for you guys, because from a journalistic standpoint, I really want you guys to understand how the average American uh, football fan specifically from this past weekend are feeling about Biden. So four or five different games, everyone chanting "F. Joe Biden, that kind of feels like the consensus around him so far. And I think I'm going to go do a video this week where I just ask people very quickly, hey, what do you think about Joe Biden? What's your message? Uh, You know, as an American to Joe, it should be very interesting to see the responses because um, my good friend, James. Klug, he's a reporter for Newsmax, did something similar, but he's in California, liberal California. And uh, even in California, the answers regarding how Joe Biden has been as president and, you know, the overall consensus of how people feel about him was overall very negative. And I wonder why that is. Maybe it's because of, um, you know, his response to, again, Afghanistan, the way he's handled the economy, his leadership as a whole, the fact that I feel like he's been on vacation more than the average American has been in their entire working life. I don't know. I really couldn't say. But uh, we also have 9-11 families telling President Biden, don't come to our memorial events. They are set to have their 20th anniversary, a memorial for, you know, the victims of 9-11. And the families are telling President Biden, we don't want you here. Do not come to our event. And they're saying because it is, uh, it is because he has been transparent and he hasn't released documents regarding, um, you know, the events of nine 11, who was responsible. So they're like, don't come Joe Biden. We don't want you here. On top of that, we also had USA today having to issue a correction on a fact check after claiming Biden checked his watch only after the ceremony at Dover. So, uh, we all saw that last week that really infuriated a lot of Americans as the bodies of these 13 us service members were being delivered to their families at the uh, Dover Air Force Base, Joe Biden was looking at his watch. Well, USA Today, as the you know media likes to do, because we all know they're a propaganda arm of the Biden regime, they tried to issue a correction and say, hey, Joe Biden really wasn't checking his watch. He was checking after the ceremony was over. Well, the Gold Star families that um, you know were the ones who initially said that this was Joe Biden looking at his watch and called him out were obviously pissed about this. And this USA Today fact checker has since had to issue a correction, basically saying, oh, well, I'm human. I just made a mistake. And I thought that he only checked his watch after. But it turns out that he checked it during the delivery of the service members and after. So it's still like, you know, mostly false. And um, let me find the actual. Yeah. So this is the actual retraction right here. Biden did appear to check his watch during his visit to Dover Air Force Base, but he did so after the dignified transfer ceremony was over. Funk wrote, and um, again, this is Daniel Funk from USA Today. He said footage leading up to the moment shows Biden with his hand over his heart for about 30 seconds as vans carry the service members' remains off the tarmac. After the vans had left, Biden closes his eyes briefly before dropping his arms and glancing down at his watch. So that was his original fact check, and he um, ruled again that it was partly false that he checked his watch, but he since had to make a correction and clarification, saying this story was updated on September 2nd to note that Biden checked his watch multiple times at the dignified transfer event, including during the ceremony itself. The correction read at on top of the report on Thursday, the rating on this claim has been changed from partly false to missing context. So they're still not even going to say fact check true. Joe Biden did check his watch multiple times. It's still just missing context. So we wonder why people do not like Joe Biden or chanting F Joe Biden. And on top of that, do not like our media. I wonder why. And then again, too, going into Joe Biden, his leadership and his military as well. Lieutenant General Maria Gervais thanked American troops for their service with this picture, she says, this picture is worth a thousand words, thanks to these American heroes. And this is, of course, Joe Biden's military. And uh, Arthur Schwartz points out, Lieutenant General Maria Gervais thinks these are American troops. They're not. They're British. So we have a lieutenant general, a part of Joe Biden's military that can't even differentiate between British military and U.S. military. And she's using a picture of British troops to thank the U.S. military for their service. Again, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Joe Biden and his entire his entire administration do not care about Americans because they were Elijah told me that if I whisper things into the microphone, maybe the algorithm won't pick up on them as much. But, you know, some truths just need to be said, and that's one of them. Again, too, going into Joe Biden's failed leadership, this story came out as well this past weekend from CBS. Six planes with hundreds of evacuees, including American citizens, are not allowed to leave Afghanistan. The Taliban is basically holding them hostage to get more out of the Americans, a senior congressional source told CBS. And of course, if we had a president who cared about Americans who cared about their well being, and wanted to make sure they got home safely, well, one, he wouldn't have withdrew from Afghanistan or withdrawn from Afghanistan the way that he did. But um, you know, to make up for it, he's really tried to make sure that everyone was evacuated. Just kidding. As you guys can see, we now have the Taliban essentially holding Americans and Afghan allies hostage in Kabul. Right now, they still are not able to get back home. And what is this administration focused on? Well, come Kamala Harris is really focused on Gavin Newsom and getting him or keeping him in office because, as we all know, there's a recall election going on in California right now. So Kamala Harris is making sure to put all of her time and energy and really put you know top priority into making sure that Gavin Newsom isn't recalled. Not rescuing stranded Americans in Kabul that are being held hostage by a terrorist group. Where's Joe Biden at? No. Maybe I should have Googled that. It's kind of funny, though, because when Donald Trump was in office. I never had to Google, where is Donald Trump? What is Donald Trump doing today? He was always on Twitter. He was always in the news. There was old articles on them. But it's very, very different under Joe Biden. Under Joe Biden, I have no idea where he is. I have no idea what he's doing. And I don't think the average American even knows if he's still the legitimate leader of our country, or if it's Kamala Harris. And that's why so many people do look to Kamala to see what this administration is focused on and is doing because it seems that Kamala, uh, you know, does a little bit more of the traveling and legwork than Joe Biden does because Joe Biden is so incompetent that he has his secret service members literally pointing and telling him where to go and then he still can't even follow that direction. But um, again, we have Americans being held hostage in Afghanistan by the Taliban and Kamala Harris's utmost priority is making sure that Gavin Newsom isn't getting recalled. And why is Gavin Newsom worried? Because Larry Elder is getting a lot of uh, traction over there in California, a lot of support around him. Dave Rubin this past weekend went out to go speak. And there was a huge crowd out in California to support Larry Elder. I'm just showing some of the pictures here. Uh, And this is great to see. A lot of people are really rallying behind a new leader for California because they're tired of Gavin Newsom. They're tired of his failed leadership. And a lot of people just straight up think he's a psychopath and they want him out. So I believe there is either eight or 10 days left on that recall election. It's coming up very soon, whether or not Gavin Newsom will be recalled. So we will see if California is able to pull this one off and Oust Gavin Newsom. We already got Andrew Cuomo out of New York. Big win there. Of course, not for his uh, responsibility in killing the elderly with his COVID-19 response, not because of that, because of sexual abuse allegations, which we had already heard about for years. But anyways, here's hoping that Gavin Newsom gets out of office because literally nobody likes him. And he looks like the main character from American Psycho. And to be quite honest, when I saw that picture of him and Kamala Harris, I was like, is this the sequel to that movie? That looks terrifying. I don't know. Um, and before we get off of Afghanistan, too, I did want to pull up this tweet from Hamed Amadi, who says, not complaining, but this is what I got last night for dinner. And the next meal is 12 hours later. Refugee life might be safe, but never easy and favorable. Fort Bliss, El Paso, Texas. And he puts up a picture of some pieces of chicken and cantaloupe and watermelon that he got granted a small portion size. But this man is literally in America safe and sound while we still have Americans stranded in Afghanistan. And he is. The goal, the audacity to complain that we're not treating him well enough? Sir, if you would like, you could go back to Kabul and, you know, fear for your life as the Taliban goes and kills people in the street. No, no. Instead, he's going to complain from the safety of America about how we're not giving them the proper food portions. We're not treating them well enough. Again, while we still have Americans stranded over there. So that kind of just pissed me off. And then also, too, on this subject, I do want to talk about cultural assimilation, because it's not something that a lot of people like to talk about. But it's something I am going to bring up because it is well worth mentioning, especially since this article came out this past weekend from uh, Berlin, Afghan man 29 repeatedly stabs a female gardener in the neck in park because he didn't like the fact that she was a working woman. The Afghan man attacked the 58 year old landscape gardener in the uh, district of Berlin on Saturday, the suspect also stabbed a 66 year old man who tried to help her. The victims both underwent surgery for their injuries and are in the hospital. Now, the reason I bring up this story is because we do have a lot of Afghan men coming in from Kabul. You know, we saw all of the footage of them coming in on the planes, along with some Americans, not all Americans, because there are still some stranded. And the reason I bring this up is because there are cultural differences Uh, between men in the Middle East and men in the West, Western culture, and Middle Eastern culture, you know, don't always align very well. And we do end up seeing a lot of stories like this. Um, For example, you guys can look to Sweden, you guys can look to London, you guys can look to Germany, a lot of these different countries that adopted this open border policy to see what a lack of cultural assimilation looks like in these countries. So you know, this is one of those subjects where it's like, you can't talk about that can't say that that's a racist thing to do. But it is a very real thing that happens. And again, just look to Sweden, look at the amount of women that are raped over there. Because culturally, um, there are different cultures, who think that it is okay to beat and rape women if they work or stab women if they work or if they show their hair or if they're not dressed modestly enough. There are different cultures, very different from the West, and that is often the result when, you know, assimilation doesn't occur. So I just did want to bring that up and um, talk about that. Not always the easiest issue, but that is a very real thing that happens. Now let's go ahead and transition into, you know, another reason why because we're still on the topic of F Joe Biden and America giving him a huge middle finger, why some Americans still do feel very disenfranchised about Joe Biden, about some of the policies that he's passed. I was watching this video today. Um, One moment here, guys. So this is from a landlord who offered his unemployed tenant a job to help pay rent, and his tenant declined And apparently the landlord hasn't received rent in over a year. So let's go ahead and listen to some of the landlords who have had to deal with that eviction moratorium and the fact that people are not allowed to be evicted because the CDC, which apparently is our fourth branch of government, is dictating that um, people are allowed to live rent-free in our country now. So here's a
1: prime example of what I'm talking about. This tenant right here has lived in my apartment for 12 months without paying a dime. Him and his wife and his two children. He said he was out of work, and that's why he couldn't pay his rent. So guess what we did? We offered him a job. He's a cabinet maker. We said, "Come work for us in my construction company." Even if you want to do maintenance, we offered him a job. He turned it down three times in writing. Yet he still gets to stay there and not pay rent because of the moratorium. His wife is collecting unemployment, plus the bonus of three hundred a week, which is twelve hundred a month. Which, by the way, his rent is only a thousand a month. And they refuse she turned down a job three times we offer her an office job something that's unskilled labor to give them an opportunity to work and better themselves and they've chosen to turn it down and wave the moratorium at us and of course as you all well we the moratorium has been extended into October and they still get to live for free setting a terrible example for their kids refusing to work does
0: that So that's just an example of what some of the landlords around America have been having to deal with. And I was reading a lot of tweets over the past couple of months of landlords who have been struggling to keep their own properties up because they're the ones that are having to pay for these people to live in their homes rent-free, live in their apartments rent-free. Like this landlord said, he tried to offer his tenant a job and the tenant refused. And they're not even using any of that, you know, unemployment or any of that government stimulus or help to pay this landlord to pay their rent. And it's just really funny to me because we see this as a big issue that is happening And then we see headlines like this coming out from the New York Times. The world is still short of everything. Get used to it. Pandemic related product shortages from computer chips to construction materials were supposed to be resolved by now. Instead, the world has gained a lesson in the ripple effects of disruption. Now, I'm only going to read this portion because this is a very long article and I scrubbed through the whole thing. And in no portion of the article does it talk about labor shortages or the fact that people literally do not want to go to work because the government is paying them to stay home. No, when every single one of these articles where the world is short of everything and you just really need to get over it and stop complaining and realize this is your new normal and just get over it. None of these articles highlight the fact that people are able to go back to work, that there are more jobs in this country than people that are unemployed at this point, but nobody wants to go to work no one wants to go to work. It's always pandemic related product shortages. This came out from CNBC um, on August tenth, So a little bit over or a little bit under a month from today, America's small businesses still can't find workers. But that's not their biggest problem. There are more than 10 million open jobs in the US, the highest level ever, and over 1 million more jobs than unemployed people. Almost one third of small business owners say they have had to open positions they're unable to fill for at least three months double the level from a year ago, according to the Q3 2021 CNBC small business survey, over 40% are experiencing a rising cost of worker wages. And anybody can go do a little bit of journalism for themselves and go walk outside, go to your local McDonald's and you'll see that they are trying everything in their power every single city that I visited because I do travel a lot. There are now hiring signs on every single fast food joint every single restaurant on the freaking dollar general on the corner from me, they're trying to hire people nobody he wants to work. Because why would you work when the government will pay you more money to stay home? Like, why would you do that to yourself, right? But guess what, guys, it's finally ending the freebies, the free ride from the government is finally ending. And as of today, more than 7 million Americans to lose their jobless benefits. So Over 7 million people across the U.S. will lose their unemployment benefits beginning Monday as pandemic safety nets expire. And I love how The Hill, because again, for my podcast listeners, this is an article from The Hill and they have to point in there like, oh, pandemic safety net. This isn't a pandemic safety net, okay? There's a lot of jobs out there. People are just being lazy at this point and they're dependent on the government because the government has done a great job of telling people, hey, if you stay home or even if you go look for a job, you don't have to accept the job if it's offered to you, but if you prove to us that you're looking for a job, then we'll still give you free money. So apparently the emergency federal jobless benefits are set to end again today, Labor Day, while another 3 million people lose their additional $300 boost to state unemployment benefits barring government intervention. The White House has said that there are no plans to expand federal unemployment benefits any further, which I really am happy to see because the amount of money that we printed this past year is terrifying. And I'm not gonna give you guys exact numbers, because I can't remember off at the top of my head, but I listened to Robert Kiyosaki a lot. He's big into the economy. And he basically talked about how, I believe in the past year we printed more money and we are now more in debt than we were in like the first like 10 years of us accumulating debt, something like that. It's a crazy number, go look it up. The point is, is that we printed a crap ton of money last year. And the bubble will eventually burst. And we are already experiencing high inflation rates. And if you partner that up with the fact that nobody is willing to work. So we also have a shortage of supplies going on. It's the perfect storm. And again, I'm just going to use this to shamelessly plug. Remember, go to prepare to get 25% off your four week or three month storable food supply. Because this is the reality of America right now. I wasn't even trying to plug that but damn, that's the point that we're currently at. Nobody's trying to work. We have a shortage of supplies. And um, the government printed a crap ton of money last year. So our dollar in itself is worth less and less. Not not a good not a good environment for America's Americans, if you ask me. So, uh, again, that's just a testament to Joe Biden's leadership and how he has been as a president for our country. But things are not all bad. As we saw hundreds of people, you know, across the country, maybe tens of people in stadiums, maybe hundreds altogether in stadiums saying F you, Joe Biden. the the energy is shifting. The energy is really shifting. And a lot of people are very tired of Joe Biden. Nobody likes him that I've met. Honestly, even Joe Biden supporters are tweeting out that they revoke their vote, that they regret their vote. Not a lot of people happy with his leadership. But again, it's not all bad. Like I talked about last week, Texas has since passed the heartbeat bill, which stops abortions after six weeks when that heartbeat is detected. And Portland a city that I feel like is literally a dissension into hell every single time I go there. I hate reporting in Portland. It's gross. It's scary. There's uh, scary homeless people wandering the streets that will come and scream at you if you don't give them money and they'll like push you into traffic. That literally happened to my friend. Portland is wild. And Well, Portland decided to go ahead and give a little bit of a response to Texas's heartbeat bill. And they said that they're moving to ban Texas travel trade to protest new abortion law. Mayor Ted Wheeler says Texas's law will force or says Texas law will force people to carry pregnancies against their will and counter, that the Portland City Council is considering an emergency resolution this week to ban future travel goods and services from the state of Texas and protests of the state's new abortion law. In a statement released Friday, Mayor Ted Wheeler said City Council will hold a vote on the resolution on September 8th with the intent to ban Portland's future procurements of goods and services from and city employee business travel to the state of Texas. And as a Texas resident, the only thing that I would say to that is good, amazing. Absolutely. It's so funny to me how all of these abortion advocates think that they're trying to own us by saying, we're not doing business with Texas anymore. I will never set foot in Texas anymore. I just can't believe that Texas would do this. How could you guys do this to us? Good. Get out. If you want to murder babies, get the hell out of Texas. This place ain't for you, baby. Bye. Bye. We like to protect the babies here. We don't want you and your satanic rituals of killing babies to be in our state. And why do I call that a satanic ritual? I'll explain here in a second. But um, on top of Portland, you know, trying to push back against that just super evil heartbeat bill that protects innocent children from being slaughtered in the womb, uh, Bette Midler says, I suggest that all women refuse to have sex with men until they are guaranteed the right to choose by Congress. Another own that actually is an own to the libs yes please stop having sex until you're guaranteed the right to choose just stop having sex as a whole because then guess what if you're not having sex then you're not going to get pregnant and then you're not going to have to kill an innocent child because of your bad decisions so great i'm glad we're on the same page with that absolutely amazing now the satanic temple is challenging texas's abortion law citing religious freedoms All I would say to that is if the Satanists are on your side and the satanic temple is on your side, maybe you're the bad guy. Just maybe. That's just my thought on this. And also, I want to read between the lines on this headline that says they are citing religious freedoms and say, so, you know, what I would assume from this is that it's your religious right. It's your religious I guess, practice to sacrifice innocent children to Satan. I don't know. That's just me reading between the lines. But every single time I have gone to an abortion rally, the abortionists there, once they know you're pro life, will literally come up to you and like scream about how, yes, I want to sacrifice my child to Satan, blah, blah, blah. And sure, they're, you know, some people could argue they're just being ironic, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but when I read headlines like this, a single doctor at a Texas abortion clinic performed 67 abortions in sent. 17 hours before the state's heartbeat law went into effect. Yeah, bro, that's satanic, okay? 67 children killed in 17 hours before the heartbeat law went into effect. Tell me that's not satanic. Tell me that people trying to murder an innocent child in their womb isn't satanic when, again, there are women who can't have kids and they... Just cry at the fact that these innocent babies are being slaughtered when they have no ability to have children themselves. And then the women that do are just murdering their kids. There was another picture circulating through Twitter this past weekend of this woman who was wearing a shirt that said, I've had 21 abortions. And she's wearing the shirt proudly. She has this insane look on her face. And Abby Johnson, who used to work at a Planned Parenthood and then realized what she was doing and what Planned Parenthood actually was, she, you know, retweeted it and said, this might seem crazy, but she said that she'd service women who had up to 17 abortions. Because in reality, these liberal women are using abortion as birth control. There's no sanctity of life. And then they like to use the argument of, oh, well, what about when a woman gets raped? Well, I found this tweet. Uh, I just want to say as someone who conceived a child in rape, it has been absolutely crushing to see every media outlet in the last 24 hours telling me my baby wasn't as human as other children because of how she was conceived. And what I want to highlight with this is that there are women who have had children out of rape and the media never highlights their stories the media never want to talks about never wants to talk about the moms who have been raped but decided to keep their baby and then say you know what my baby was conceived in a very bad way but it's not my child's fault. And I decided to keep my child. And my child is the best thing that's ever happened to me. The media never highlights those stories. And then at abortion rallies, people come up to and scream about what about the women that are raped? Okay, well, what about the women that, that were raped and kept their children? And it was the best thing that ever happened to them because they loved that child. And that child brought so much joy into their life. What about not murder murdering innocent babies? I don't know, just a thought. And uh, finally, this archbishop responded on Twitter with just a solid yes to a tweet that reads, to Catholics in public life who practice abortion or advocate for it, the killing must stop, please, 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 the killing must stop, Archbishop Salvatore Cordillon from his pastoral letter on Holy Communion. And my question to viewers and listeners here today would be, who do you think they're talking about? Maybe the leader of America who pretends to be Catholic, but every single time he's asked or his press secretary is asked about abortion, because again, it's a very anti-Catholic thing. Catholicism does not teach that abortion is good. They teach that abortion is evil and that you know a child's life is very sacred and they shouldn't be murdered in the womb. I just, I, I wonder who they're talking to. I really wonder. Now guys, I do wanna bring up as well, this video from Australia uh, this past weekend that came out. And as you guys can see, the shelves are completely empty. I believe this is because truckers are going on a strike. They promised to strike because of the COVID mandates in Australia. So I think that that is why the grocery stores are so understocked lately over there. But when I first saw this video, I was like, is this foreign or is this in America? because this is actually what target looked like in Austin, Texas this past February when snowvid 2021 hit and everyone freaked out, everyone got locked in their homes, the power shut off and no one had the ability to cook food with heat. It wasn't a good time. And this is what our grocery stores looked like in Texas. And that's why I want to again remind you guys that my Patriot Supply is a sponsor for this show. And if you guys go to preparewithsavsays.com, you can get 25% off your four week or three month food supply. This is a product that I use for myself and I really do enjoy. Um, I believe it's $50 off the four week supply or $200 off the three month supply. You guys never know when the government is just going to straight up throw us into a chaotic shutdown of shutdown or economy like they did the past year or when Black Lives Matter decides to loot your local Walmart and just destroy everything and then you can't go shopping the next day. So again, go to preparewithsavsays.com um, and go check some of the, those discounts out. I'd highly recommend I want to start off our COVID block with some really good news. Because we've all been living through this nonsense. We've all been living through this pandemic, the lockdowns, we've watched our economies be destroyed, we've watched our children be forced out of schools be forced to face mask. And it is a very difficult time to live through. So let's start off with some happy news for once, like the fact that hundreds of thousands of French citizens protested the vaccine mandates for the eighth week in a row this past weekend. And for my podcast listeners, this is a video of just a full street of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people coming out in big numbers to protest. Again, those vaccine mandates. And this is the eighth week in a row that the French have gone out in big numbers to go protest. Of course, American media is never going to report on that, though. On top of that, we also had massive protests in Canada this past weekend. Uh, 30 000 to 50,000 people marching in the streets shouting freedom. Nothing about it in American news, of course. And let's just go ahead and listen to some of that B-roll listen to some of that freedom in the streets as people take back their countries as people take back their their rights to go out and be free and not have to wear a face mask so that was Paris, that's Canada. Um, Again, in Ontario, Canada, Justin Trudeau was blocked by people in the street and they blocked his campaign bus. And this is what they were chanting. I absolutely love this video because it really just shows us how the average Canadian is feeling about Justin Trudeau, and Canadians are known for being very polite. So um, Justin Trudeau has to be quite a guy to issue this type of response. <laughs> MM- o o- <laughs> <I've Dream thoroughlydoors>
1: I'll see you now. i now.
0: All right, Canada, I see you. And you know what? Justin Trudeau is having such a hard time right now doing any events because every single time he tries to go out, that's what he's met with. The people in Canada are pissed off. And to my Canadians, shout out to you guys. I absolutely love to see it. So that was what was going on in Canada this past weekend, in France this past weekend. We also had Australian truckers holding true to their threat, as my good friend Adam Kriegler points out, and saying that they are blocking the roads in Australia. And in this video, you guys can see just the entire road blocked from end to end with semi trucks in Australia because they did promise to shut down the highways and shut down the country in Australia in protest of these mandates on top of Australia as well. Um, They have COVID quarantine camps that they're now putting people in. So that's what's going on over there. It's dystopian. It's absolutely insane. So I love seeing these people holding true to their word and pushing back against their government. In our last stream, we played that video that compilation cut up that somebody did of one of Australia's premieres basically saying, if you do not listen to us, we will stab you. We want you to be locked down forever. We want to take away all of your freedoms. And the mashup in itself was brilliant because The government, without saying that exact thing, is essentially saying that by their COVID response, by the fact that they refuse to allow Australians to be free, telling them, hey, you can have one hour of exercise per day masked up. And if you're really good, maybe we'll grant you an extra hour. It's literally like an episode of Black Mirror where they had the social credit score. And if they were good, they could choose, you know, like a different thing that they wanted to do. Okay, I want to go outside today. Oh, I want a meal that's not made of soybeans today. That's essentially what's going on in Australia. So, good on the truckers for blocking every highway entering into the state at every, at at, at the same time in an attempt to finally make their voices heard over there. And then, you know, to bring it back home, businesses in New York City are standing together against vaccine mandates, and they're going door to door to talk to businesses um, protesting it. Let's go ahead and just watch this uh, quick video here. Okay, so it's New York City deciding to um, mandate the vaccine passports and this guy says he printed out a bunch of signs from staples and the sign reads we do not discriminate against any customer based on sex gender race creed age vaccinated or unvaccinated all customers who wish to patronize are welcome in our establishment and then he's going door to door to talk to small businesses and you know he's trying to get people to protest it and he's saying almost everyone we spoke to loved the sign and agreed to join the fight against the mandates so that is what is currently going on in new york as we speak i love to freaking see it. And we had a couple of restaurants who were the first to do this, who were the first to put those signs up and the first to make that stand. And I have been talking about this for so many months. Hey, this is never going to work unless we as an entire country as American citizens all together stand up not just one restaurant owner not just one gym owner business owner many restaurant owners need to stand up together and do this so that way the government isn't able to come in and you know arrest one sole person that's what we saw last year in Dallas with Shelly Luther she was the one sole hair salon owner who decided to open up in the middle of the pandemic the government came in and arrested her and she was put in jail for wanting to you know, do her to do business to pay her bills so that her employees could pay their bills. And so I'm glad that we as Americans, it seems like have learned from our mistakes last year and are really now standing up. And the news keeps getting better as well. This image was circulating all over Twitter this past weekend two women holding hands. One on the left, her sign reads, I am unvaccinated. Together we stand for choice. And on the right, the woman's sign reads, I am vaccinated. Together we stand for choice. And I love seeing this type of protest. I love seeing my fellow Americans standing up for each other. And I like seeing this too, because I think right now, a lot of people feel very divided between the unvaccinated versus vaccinated debate but if we all come together and talk because i was at the pool the other day i ended up talking to some state troopers and they were telling me yeah we're all vaccinated you know our wives their their fathers had underlying health conditions they were saying that you know we would feel a lot better if um you got vaccinated so they said that they did it for family reasons but they were telling me you know we're not going to force anybody else or not want to talk to you or be friends with you because you're not vaccinated that's your personal choice and so I think a lot of Americans really need to start having this conversation of, hey, if I'm unvaccinated, and you're vaccinated, do you still support me as your fellow American? Because again, at the end of the day, this isn't liberal versus conservative, versus libertarian versus Democrat versus Republican, take your pick of political parties, they're all, you know, mildly different. But at the end of the day, What is the same is that we're all American citizens against a corrupt government that has way too much power and is overreaching into every single one of our liberties every single day. So we need to start having these conversations of are you going to stand with me as your fellow American and start banding up with our, uh, you know, our fellow friends and family and pushing back against this nonsense because we are still continuing to see articles and headlines like this one Florida doctor says she will no longer accept in-person visits from unvaccinated patients and she's quoted saying it appears that there is a lack of selflessness and concern for the burden on the health and well-being of our society from our encounters and she goes on to say that she will no longer subject patients and staff to unnecessary risk she sent out a letter to her patients saying she will no longer continue in-person services for unvaccinated patients beginning September fifteenth. And the reason why this type of story really infuriates me is because last stream as well, I played a video for you guys of a man who had a growth and he sent pictures to doctors who refused to see him because of pandemic restrictions. And by the time doctors saw him in person, they told him he had 12 months to live unless he got treated. Because they could have treated it, but because they refused to see him now he's very sick. So that's why these types of headlines really infuriate me because this to me is malpractice and doctors are supposed to take an oath to protect people's health and to, uh, you know, heal people and take care of people. And so the fact that we have doctors now coming forward and saying, yeah, if you're unvaccinated, if you decided to make a personal choice regarding your own body, I'm not going to serve you. That to me just seems like malpractice. And again, is this doctor going to turn away obese people? Is this doctor going to turn away sex workers or people who are overdosing on drugs? Maybe a woman who got a botched abortion and is bleeding out because, you know, those are statistics that we don't really talk about either. Is she going to turn away any of those people from making a personal choice? Absolutely not but it's the unvaccinated who are having to be the scapegoat in society and are being come down on the hardest, which is why we all need to stand up for each other. Um, Also crazy news from Brazil this past weekend, Um, a World Cup qualifying match between Argentina and Brazil was suspended on Sunday when Brazilian health officials entered the pitch seeking the removal of four Argentine players who they said had violated COVID-19 restrictions. And you guys can see this video down here of these health officials coming onto the field And stopping this game, because these players didn't adhere to COVID restriction guidelines, which is absolutely ridiculous. And again, I'm just bringing this up as a reminder that we still have countries, we still have health officials, and we still have people who like to pretend that people are dying in the streets and that bodies are stacking up on every single corner, when that's absolutely ridiculous. And how do I know that's ridiculous? because of everything that I'm seeing in the media, to be quite honest with you guys, how many times have we had to debunk stories from the media about COVID about hospitalizations about death. One of the headlines that I specifically remember, and I will never forget was from the New York Times last year. And it was, you know, during the time when it was super in and super cool for the media to talk about how we were running out of ventilators, it was super scary. Everyone please wear your mask, stay inside, do not talk to anybody don't even look at your neighbors, because you could probably infect them and then you'll both die immediately. So the New York Times put out a headline last year saying that America was running out of ventilators, and they had to put two patients to one ventilator. But I read 15 paragraphs into that article. And in that article, it said, yeah, um, this is in New York, and we haven't even gone into our emergency ventilation supply, but doctors are just doing this as a precaution to be safe. We don't have to put two people to one ventilator, but we're just going to do it just to be safe. Just for the headline, just for the optics, let's be honest. Well, the Rolling Stone, because right now what's super in, what's super hip to report on is ivermectin being horse dewormer, right? Because um, this is not a once-labeled, like world renowned medicine that was used to treat parasites in people. It didn't, nobody won Nobel Peace Prizes for their work with ivermectin or their discoveries of how ivermectin could be used to heal, especially in humans. Ivermectin, you know, not something that was previously used in humans per NPR, mind you. Yeah, uh, all of that, just don't look at all of that. Don't look at history. Well, the Rolling Stone came out with this tweet. A couple days back, it says gunshot victims left waiting as horse dewormer overdoses overwhelm Oklahoma hospitals. Now, if you read this headline, that's very, very scary, my guys. Gunshot victims can't even get into the hospital because people are overdosing from horse dewormer. I mean, come on, America, get a grip. Well, something very interesting that came out about this because also Rachel Maddow talked about this on her show, quoted patients overdosing on ivermectin backing up rural Oklahoma hospital ambulances. The scariest one I've heard of and seen is people coming in with vision loss. Well, Zero Hedge came out with an article that's that stated a Rolling Stone since had to issue a huge retraction after their hit piece was debunked after a hospital said there was actually no ivermectin overdoses. And on top of that, the photo that they used to scare people with this headline was a photo from a different article back in january because what they paired this headline of gunshot victims left waiting as horse dewormer overdoses overwhelm hospitals was a picture of people lined up in the cold outside of a hospital unable to get in well that picture in itself was fake and the actual um you know, entire article was immediately debunked. Now, um, I would highly recommend you guys go read this article from Zero Hedge because Rolling Stone again issued that what they called an update, it should be called a retraction. And, you know, historically, when journalists and publications make a mistake, they issue a retraction, but they're calling this an update because, uh, you know, we don't hold the media responsible anymore. Uh, But basically, if you go to this hospital's website, Northeastern Hospital, Immediately, the first thing that you see when you go to their website is this pop up. Come on, work for me about this story because it's garnered so many headlines. And that pop up reads message from the administration of Northeastern Health System. Although Dr. Jason McElia, again, that doctor who was saying these hospitals are so overrun, is not an employee of NHS Sequoia, He is affiliated with medical staffing group that provides coverage for our emergency room. With that said, Dr. Miguelia has not worked at our location in over two months. NHS Sequoia has not treated any patients due to complications related to taking ivermectin. This includes not treating any patients for ivermectin overdose. All patients who have visited our emergency room have received medical att- attention as appropriate. Our hospital has, had, has not had to turn away any patients seeking emergency care. And that hospital literally had to put that pop up immediately because this, this Rolling Stone hit piece was so false and fake. And it wasn't just the Rolling Stone either that's been trying to attack ivermectin and debunk ivermectin and call anyone that's even thinking about it or talking about it a conspiracy theorist who was eating horse paste. Well, the AP, the Associated Press, has also had to issue a correction. The AP has corrected an article claiming that 70% of calls to Mississippi Poison Control were about ivermectin ingested ingestion. Now, 70% is a pretty steep number, right, guys? Leave me in the comments how much you think of a a correction this would be because when I first read this headline, I was like, okay, maybe a 30%, 30% from 70%, still quite a jump. Well, in reality, it's been revealed that the Associated Press has issued a correction to its fear-mongering article claiming that 70% of calls to Mississippi poison control were about ivermectin ingestion the actual number was 2%. In an article published August 23rd about patients taking livestock medicine to try to treat coronavirus, the Associated Press admitted it erroneously reported, based on information provided by the Mississippi Department of Health, that 70% of recent calls to the Mississippi Poison Control Center were from residents who had ingested the ivermectin versions meant for animals. The AP updated that story on August 25th, entitled livestock medicine doesn't work against COVID doctors warn to correct that number of calls to poison control about ivermectin to 2%. So how we made the jump from 70% to 2% don't ask me because journalism does not actually exist. Neither does science in this country. So of course, this really doesn't surprise me at all. But it should wake up a lot of people. The Rolling Stone trying to say that hospitals are so overrun because people are poisoning themselves with ivermectin that has sin- since been retracted. Their source wasn't even working at that center. And the hospital themselves came out and said, that isn't true. There's no people lining up at our hospital and everybody's being treated in a timely manner. And then you have the AP saying, yeah, we said that 70% of people like overdosed on ivermectin but it was actually 2%. Honestly, like, honest mistake, guys, anybody could have made it 70%, 2%. It's essentially the same thing. And we would expect nothing less from the same media that read writes headlines like this, Titus Phil 16 year old fighting COVID pneumonia in both lungs at Arnold Palmer ICU. And then, um, this this woman is quoted immediately in the article. I believe it's her her mother saying, just because you have a healthy 16-year-old doesn't mean they can't be attacked by this virus. If wearing a mask means you're not sitting in ICU like I am next to my daughter, watching her struggle to breathe and wear a mask. To my podcast listeners that cannot see the photo of this healthy 16-year-old child, she is morbidly obese. And no, I am not fat-shaming. I am simply pointing out that this is not a healthy 16-year-old. Apparently. I mean, based off of these scientific standards in America in 2021, maybe this is what we would now consider healthy. But historically, if somebody is morbidly obese, they're not otherwise healthy. But uh, what do I know? Again, I'm just a middle American. I'm not a Dr. Fauci, okay? I'm not CDC Director Rochelle Walensky that said, if you get vaccinated, you can't spread COVID and then immediately retracted it because that in itself was wrong, I don't know. I'm just a dumb American who reads news articles and headlines and, you know, actually does some research. What do I know? What I do know is that the fear-mongering around ivermectin has been very interesting to watch. And of course, we've seen the media hysteria around it because Joe Rogan, said that he took that on top of a multitude of other, you know, different things that he could have taken to treat COVID. But of course they all fixated on Ivermectin, the entire media, every single political pundit, they fixated on that one thing. He, he listed off that he took, but they only focused in on Ivermectin. Well, Very funny this past weekend that Oscar De La Hoya, who was fully vaccinated, got COVID nineteen and had to be hospitalized. When Joe Rogan, who was not vaccinated, decided to take ivermectin and vitamins and beat COVID in forty eight hours, he tested negative by day four. So people have been highlighting this all weekend because Oscar De La Hoya is a boxer, so you know he's very fit. He's an athlete himself, versus Joe Rogan, who I would imagine is probably you know at the same level of health. One vaccinated one unvaccinated and decided to take alternative treatments than what the FDA and the CDC is pushing on us look at the difference in healing time but well, we are not allowed to talk about that or you get deleted off the face of the earth no the only people that are allowed to have a voice are people like Angela Mine then who on Twitter says my vaccine status and actual passport giving me this view right now what tyranny is this and then she shows this beautiful picture of the pool and she's outside poolside and what in the crazy is this? At what point, and how did we get to a point in society where we now have people who are saying, Well, I got vaccinated. And this is my view. This isn't tyrannical at all. Yes, the government told me that I couldn't travel without the vaccine or a face mask, but I decided to just listen to exactly what the government told me. And then they let me do what I wanted to do. So technically, I still have that right. I still have that freedom, even though the government dictated exactly how I had to live my life in order for me to be free. <sighs> I weep for a country. I really do. But you know what? I have hope in the Zoomers. I have hope in the next generation. Again, I've been talking a lot about Yuri Bezmenov because when I learned something new, I just got to talk to everybody about it. And he's four stages of subversion. He talked about how, again, it takes about 15 to 20 years to re-educate an entire generation, aka millennials, which is why we're all such crackheads and millennial women are in the street or green hair shaved head and furry armpits screaming about how oppressed they are. The millennial generation RIP it's lost. I've lost hope in you. I apologize for my own narration. But zoomers, I have so much hope in you guys because you you seem smart. You seem like you got you have good heads on your shoulders and like you're gonna save America. Now let's go ahead and end tonight's broadcast with a funny headline from MSN. And this is also headline on Drudge, uh, which is a uh, one of the biggest news sites for headlines and news headlines. So MSN says new Mu COVID variant has now been found in 49 US states. That's right, guys. Mu, the Mu variant, is coming for you and your kids. So hide your kids, hide your wife, because Mu is coming for you and you will most likely die on contact. I'm kidding. That was a joke. But um, that's how the media acts. And I just thought that this was absolutely hilarious that there's now this new COVID variant that's been found in 49 states. And of course, this article is quoted saying that this may be. Guess what, guys, even more transmissible than the Delta variant and has the potential to resist vaccines. Isn't it so crazy that every single time we find a vaccine for one variant, a new variant comes out and then that variant is vaccine resistant. And also Delta might be vaccine resistant too, or it might not. I don't know. Um, it Just really depends on how we can make big pharma billions. That's that's, you know, what the media is going to talk about. And that's which variant is going to be most popular. So Moo is now in season, guys. Delta is so last season, normal COVID pathetic, we're, we're now onto bigger and better things, the Moo variant. So I hope you guys are equally terrified and never leave your houses again. And also remember that if you want to be free, all you have to do is listen to the government and exactly what they tell you. So You know, if they say that you should just stay inside and wear a face mask and never see your family again, they're only doing that to give you your freedoms back. Because remember, guys, our freedoms are not given to us by God. Our freedoms are given to us by the government. Because once things get a little bit scary and our safety, you know, might be a little bit, oof if he yeah, the government has to come and take full control. It's actually at uh, you know, the first line of the Constitution. It's like, um, if there's a pandemic, the government gets to take away all of your rights. So anyways, I'm glad that we were able to take that refresher course on how America runs. Uh, again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of rapid fire. I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you guys about all of this. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please remember, you can find this um, show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, wherever you can find your podcast. And uh, please remember to follow me on odyssey on instagram on gab all my links are down below and most importantly go to safsaysofficial.com because i have every single article in regards to the jabby jab um and um all of the research that I've done, I have it laid out for you guys in different categories, Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson and Johnson, AstraZeneca, all of the adverse reactions, deaths, recalls, all that good stuff. So go check out SouthSaysOfficial.com. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez, and I'll see you guys next time.